As we progress and move throughout this Christmas season, the church in her wisdom through these various feasts that we celebrate, the church sheds more light on who Jesus is and gradually highlights, we could say, different elements of the nativity story and what they mean to each and every one of us. So at Christmas, we could maybe say that the appearance to the shepherd shows that Christ is the savior of the destitutes. Next week, we'll celebrate Epiphany, and by that appearance to the wise men, we see that our Lord is Lord of the entire earth, going beyond just the borders of Israel. And the week after that, in the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, we will see how Jesus is the beloved Son of God the Father. But today we get another crucial element of that nativity story and of Jesus' birth and really his entire life. We get his family and how our Lord entered into a family. The family was the vehicle by which our Lord entered the world. It was the means that he used to dwell among us. Christ, as we know, is the highest expression of love. And how did he enter into the world? He entered through the family. God the Father sent him to the family. And by doing this, Christ showed us that married life and family life is not just something that is natural and good. It is something holy. Christ made the family and he made marriage holy. By entering into a family, Christ elevates those good relationships, those good and natural relationships into something more than just natural. He elevates them and makes them supernatural. All of the love and all of the goodness that God has in himself, he gives to the family. He does this through Christ. And it's so beautiful. If you think about it, this little baby being the source of all divine love, being given to a husband and wife, it's so beautiful that Christ, in a sense, deifies the family or, or deifies marriage. He raises them up to a much higher level than they ever could be on their own. He gives them another level to their existence, and he truly blesses family life. Now, some of you might be thinking to yourselves, well, come on, Father, that's nice and all, but you're only saying that because you're celibate. I mean, our family is crazy. It's chaotic. Do you know how long it took us to get ready for Mass this morning? Or, come on, you should have met some of my crazy relatives at Christmas, at that Christmas party. They're nuts. Now, all kidding aside, as unruly as our families can be sometimes, some of you kids are probably smiling at your parents at that one, as unruly as our families can be sometimes, it's important to be reminded of the ideals and what Christ wanted each and every family to be. That in the midst of the craziness, God can still work. He can make us holy, and he can bless us through each other, through our families. And all this helps to cut through a lot of the misconceptions and sources of confusion about family life and marriage in particular that we find ourselves in today. I want to focus on one area in particular, and it has to do with marriage itself. Because when it comes to marriage, there's an unfortunate reality that many people think that it is just about uniting two people together, and that's it. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. That inevitably happens 
as a result of marriage, but there is so much more to marriage than simply uniting two people together. Because if that is all there is, there is no transcendent meaning to marriage itself. Marriage stays down here. It stays earthly. It stays horizontal. There's nothing transcendent about it. It stays earthly. And therefore, there's nothing really special about it. And when that's the mindset that we as a society have about marriage itself, marriage doesn't become much different than living together outside of marriage or the culture of hookups that we see nowadays with no commitment, no settling down, or even getting married outside the church. When people see these things sort of just intermingled together, a lot of people might think, well, what's the difference? They're all about uniting two people together. What makes marriage different? And so it's no surprise that many people see marriage as merely a piece of paper, a contract, or even a social construct, and that we can change it at our own whims, and that it is all centered on us. But today we have to boldly proclaim something different, something radically different, that marriage is a sacrament. It is a supernatural covenant, not just with two people, but between those two people and God and their children as well. There is something transcendent to marriage. It is vertical, not merely horizontal. It reaches into heaven and blesses us here on earth. It is transcendent. It is not just earthly, it is heavenly too. And since marriage is a sacrament, we know that it's an outward sign instituted by Christ that gives grace to the couple and to their families. God wanted to help married couples in their love for each other and their children, so he wanted to fortify them with his graces and with his life. And so that is why he made marriage a sacrament, to give that couple and that family the strength to love with an even greater level than they ever could on their own. So taking all of this into account, it's, it's sort of a shame that many, many Catholics no longer see value to marriage or even see marriage as a sacrament. And the numbers even back it up. The Catholic population in the last 50 years in the United States has gone up by 20 million, and that's pretty good. But since 1970, marriages are down 67%. That is down by two-thirds, even though our population has grown by 20 million. To put that in perspective, ordinations to the priesthood have only gone down 33%. Marriages have gone down at double the rate as priestly ordinations have. We talk a lot about a crisis in priestly vocations as well. We should. You know, we need more and more holy priests, but the amount of Catholics getting married in the church has gone down significantly more even than that. Marriage is a quiet crisis. It gets reported on a lot less, but we need to talk about it. And even here at St. Joe's, from 2001 to 2005, we averaged 67 weddings a year. That's more than one a week. For the last two years, we've averaged 37. And that's down 45%, even as our own parish population has gone up. So it's something we're not even immune to here at St. Joe's as well. Unfortunately, we have taken God 
out of our marriages and our families, or we don't even want him there altogether. So we can see you getting married outside the church or contraception or whatever that might be might enter into the picture. But that is the opposite of what today's feast is all about. God wants to be involved in our families and in our marriages. And if we want to live out the ideals that God sets for us, then he is absolutely necessary. You know, many couples might think, I don't need God in this portion of my marriage or this portion. Well, then you're inevitably going to fall short. We have to let God into every part of our lives and every part of our marriages. This feast calls us to let God in to our families, just as Mary and Joseph let God into theirs. To ask where we might not be allowing God in and pray for that grace to accept Him and His graces for marriage. Because marriage is about so much more than just simply uniting two people. It's a covenant, it's a bond, it's a relationship, and it is a sacrament. And to those of you here who are married, I simply want to say thank you. Thank you so much for entering into this sacrament, into this commitment, especially at a time when our society might scoff at it and look down upon it. Thank you for the sacrifices you make for your spouses and for your children. Because it's only through that sacrament and the graces that marriage gives that freely giving of yourselves becomes easier and it truly becomes real. So thank you for letting God into your lives, your relationships, your marriages, and your families. And we need more holy families, brothers and sisters. More marriages centered on God, ordered toward Him. Because God wanted the family to be holy. He wanted it to be special, to be an instrument of His grace, not just for Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, but for us too. So may God bless our families this day and every day.